Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Special guest today, David Cunningham of Tech Sidelines Podcast. He's going to go through everything Virginia Tech-related uh, leading up to this game. David, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. So this offseason, uh, it was a big year. Brent Pry year two. What are the general vibes around Tech regarding Brent Pry <laughs> and his going into his second year? Or I guess midway, early in his second year as coach of Virginia Tech. Well, I think the offseason was a big success. Um, Brent Pry, when he took over in at the end of 2021, early 2022, there wasn't much talent within the program. And one of the things he has done over the last two years is he's really brought in a lot of new talent. Um, Ollie Jennings, I think, he will not play this weekend, but he's a great example of a guy who Brent Pry brought in to kind of turn this this team around. Um, Tech brought in three transfer wide receivers, a transfer defensive back, a transfer defensive end, uh, a transfer offensive lineman, um, a a bunch of players across the board, and Tech's recruiting much, much better. So the vibes in the offseason were much higher. The problem is you get to September and you have to win on the field. And through two games, um, Tech beat Old Dominion in the season opener. It was an okay showing. Um, then obviously Rucker, uh, uh, Purdue, uh, a five and a half hour delay. Um, Tech only lost by a touchdown and it, it, you know, very, very close game. But I think the offensive struggles, um, they haven't gone away from last year. This is an offense that was abysmal, one of the worst ever in college football last year. And, Tech still is not able to run the ball. The passing game, when the weapons uh, um, are healthy, had been good. But the pro- question is, are the weapons going to be healthy going forward? And um, as I'm sure we'll talk about, Tech only ran the ball for 11 yards last week, um, which which makes me think back to that uh, 2012 Russell Athletic Bowl with Rutgers, oh where goodness. Tech ran the ball for just three <laughs> yards, which I'm sure is a football game absolutely nobody wants to talk about because it was so ugly. I think yeah. Gary Nova threw five interceptions <laughs> in that game, if I'm remembering correctly. Oh, yeah, Maybe that was the Penn yes. State game, but yeah, it was. Mm. I think we were winning ten nothing going into the fourth quarter, and we lost thirteen ten in overtime, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah, thirteen ten. Yeah. 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 Talk game. a little bit about last week's game. Obviously, uh, a lot of us in the Northeast dealt with weather issues uh, this past weekend, but I don't think anybody quite dealt with it as bad as weather issues as they did in Blacksburg. Uh, it was a 12 o'clock game. There was the longest uh, the longest delay in college football history, I think, in, in terms of uh, the time. It was almost six hours of a delay. Just talk through what it was like at last week's game, how surreal it must have been, because you guys also got a lot of injuries in that game. Just kind of talk through how last Saturday went. Yeah, very interesting. Um, first time I've ever had a noon game and, and at like 10 o'clock at night. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just seemed like a very weird weather weekend for all of college football. Um, there were 
five or six different games in the ACC that that got delayed from Notre Dame, NC State to Virginia, uh, James Madison, um, Boston College. I know hosted uh, Holy Cross, I believe, and and that yep. game got delayed. Um, the Tennessee's game got delayed. I mean, it was just delays all across college football. Um, I know UMass and Miami of Ohio had a um, had two separate delays that added up to about five and a half hours. So it just a lot. Um, Virginia Tech had a twenty two minute delay before the start of the game. The game the the kickoff time was pushed back twenty two minutes. Um, so that already kind of threw a little bit of a wrench in it, but tech, you know, he played the first nine, 10 minutes. And then from there, um, more lightning in the area, kind of torrential downpour, just in the middle of thunderstorms for about four or five hours. Um, finally went back, kicked off at about six fifteen, Um, and it was really interesting to get the, talk to the players after the game and just get their, their perspective on what they did for so long. And they, they kind of said the most difficult part was to be mentally ready the entire time. Cause you don't know for so long, they didn't know it wasn't until four 30 when they were informed that there were, they were going to kick off at six fifteen again. So there was a two to three hour window before that, where they didn't know if they were even going to go back to playing again. So it was a very unique game, I think for both Virginia tech and Purdue and just, you don't know if you're going to play and what's the field going to look like. The grounds crew did a fantastic job with, with managing the field. There were almost four and a half inches of rain on the field and they were able to go back and play, um, which just kind of tells you how how good of a job they did. But just a, just a very strange, um, strange Saturday. And then Virginia Tech gets a couple of guys picked up injuries. Ollie Jennings, the wide receiver, on the second play of the game, he rolled his ankle um, by his, he got hit by his teammate, Jalen Lane, who kind of fell on his ankle. Um, and he's probably going to be out for six to eight weeks. So um, that was, that was one of the injuries, a handful of other guys, Jalen Lane, um, Daquan Wright. I wrote these down because there are so many of them. Keonta Jenkins at linebacker, um, Keyshawn Burgos at defensive end, um, Cole Beck, a special teams guy. Um, there were like six or seven guys that got banged up uh, on, on Saturday. So tough position for Tech. Um, again, I think it's a positive that it was only a seven-point game, but the problem was that, that that second half was there was really nothing going for either Virginia Tech or Purdue, and Purdue kind of just had one really good drive um, that kind of put the game away. So, so kind of a loaded question here. Uh, Grant Wells, is he going to be healthy? And then if he's not healthy, can drones – be that guy? I know he only had what, like eight, eight pass attempts last year or last uh, last week. Yeah, I, I think I, I'm not sure. I, I have heard that that Wells um, and he he could not put pressure on his foot at uh, on, on his ankle. I think um, foot ankle um, mm. during the game, which is why Kyron Drones came in on that final series of the game, which was just another kind of. Um, just another piece to that that puzzle on Saturday, where this this backup quarterback, who um, Brent Price said he wants to use a two quarterback system, hadn't used the back, hadn't used the other guy all day, and then because the starter is hurt, he puts the other guy in on the final drive of the game and essentially says, "Try to go win us the game." 
bad position yeah, to put your, your bad position to put your quarterback in. Um, I, I like drones. I, I think he is he's a big guy. I mean, he's like six three two. 15 i think around there um he's a guy who can run he's not as good of a thrower as well because if he was if he was as good of a passer he'd have the starting job um i'm i'm not sure if wells is going to be able to go i think that's something again i'll you know i get to watch practice later today i'll find out more about that um and that's kind of a situation you know everybody down in blacksburg is monitoring um but if Wells is like the end of the game where he could not put any weight essentially on his foot or ankle, that's not a good sign. Um, I think Tech can be okay with drones. And I think I think if Wells can't go, it might sort of be a best case scenario for Tech because Tech needs to be able to run the ball. And I think drones provides the best opportunity in the run game. Uh, not that Wells is not a good runner, but drones is more comfortable running the read option um, running RPO, stuff like that, which is kind of what a lot of Tech's offense is. Um, he's not as great of a passer. I think the biggest thing comes down to can Tyler Bone, the offensive coordinator, kind of scheme stuff up um, for him. You know, Give him some easy throws where he's not trying to, as he did on the final uh, offensive play of the game for Tech, throw a 40-yard go route. Um, you know, the, like get, give him some easy throws, let him settle into the game a little bit. Um, that's kind of the number one question right now. Who's going to be a quarterback for Virginia Tech? I would expect Kyron Drones, unless I see something else from Grant Wells indicating that he's completely healthy. And even if he is able to go, but not 100% healthy, I would roll with Drones simply because I think he provides a better option in the run game. And after you know, rushing for 11 yards, which, again, Tech was, before Kyron Jones had a 13-yard scramble on that final drive of the game, mm-hmm. Tech had negative two or negative three rushing yards. So just kind of goes to show you how poor that rushing game is right now. Um, I, I know you said Drones, if he was a better passer, he'd be the starting quarterback, but was the quarterback competition in camp closer or like even close at all or – it was. They said it was close. I, I think. I don't think it personally. I don't think it was. I think it was like close for like a couple of weeks, and mm-hmm. then it, it and then it was kind of uh, Wells kind of separated himself. Um, I think the thing with drones is he got, he has a little hitch in his throw, and when you watch it, you might be able to see it. Um, he came from Baylor in the off season. He probably should have registered at Baylor, but the problem is that. Baylor was not good that they needed drones to play some. So he never had that chance to redshirt and, and, and really, I guess, fix that motion. Um, I think it was more of a competition where tech made it more of a competition than it, than it really was because I think Wells is not as athletic as drones is. And I think drones is kind of tech's quarterback of the future, if you will. That's, that's who they think, should be their quarterback of the future. And they, I think they're trying, they were trying to give him every opportunity, every chance to win that job. Mm-hmm. Wells won it because I think Wells, uh, his experience, you know, this is his fourth season as a starting quarterback. He's much farther ahead um, in that aspect. And the biggest upgrade this season, at what you know, across the board offensively was wide receivers. Virginia Tech has much more depth at wide receiver now. 
Um, even if Ollie Jennings and Jalen Lane can't go, um, the Hokies are pretty deep at wide receiver still, which is a stark comparison to last season when Virginia Tech essentially only had one wide receiver uh, and somehow survived no injuries. Um, if, if those injuries, you know, if that, that group had injuries, that, that would have been a, a even tougher offensive season. But, um, but no, I, I think to your question, I think it's tough. I, I think Wells – Wells is probably the better quarterback if Tech can throw the or if Tech, if Tech can run the ball on the ground because if because then Tech can stretch the defense through the air. But the problem is that Tech has been so one dimensional that he has not been able to throw the ball as well because defenses essentially are just rushing three, or rushing four, if that, and dropping everybody back into coverage and making it really, really difficult to pass the ball. So, Mike, stop me if you've heard this before. Hitching his throw, transfer quarterback, six foot three, six foot two, two thirty, negative rushing yards in a game, maybe under twenty rushing yards in another game. I feel like we've heard this situation before. This does sound eerily familiar. Um, you want to just let him in on who we're talking about here? Oh, it's Johnny Lankin. Yeah, Rutgers yeah, starting uh, tight end now. <laughs> yeah, we had a guy transferring from Boston College, went to one of the prestigious North Jersey parochial <clears throat> schools. Uh, he went to Boston College to be a quarterback. He was told basically he's not going to play quarterback, and he came here. He played quarterback for us in 2019 when uh, Chris Ash got fired, and we went like one and eleven, something like that. Yeah, um, but yeah. Now he's our tight end. I hate, I hate to bring it up; it should be like sacrilegious yeah, no. to do that. But um, <laughs> but you kind of talked about your your rushing game uh, struggling. Is that? Do you think scheme related? Do you th- is is there a way you think that's easily fixable, or do you think the offensive line is just not where it needs to be? What's your take on the the rushing game at Virginia Tech right now? The offensive line is bad. Like yeah. this is we're talking like really bad <clears throat> offensive line. I'm sure you guys have experienced really bad offensive lines before. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, this, this offensive line, it, it's. I'm I'm not really sure, honestly, what's going on. Um, Joe Rudolph, who is now at Notre Dame as Notre Dame's offensive line coach, he was Tech's offensive line coach last season, and the offensive line was dreadful. Um, and there was a little bit more experience there than there is this year. Um, this year, Tech had one guy returning as a starter in his exact same spot, and it's right tackle Parker Clements. At center, Caden Moore, he slid over from guard. Besides that, all three other guys, so left tackle, left guard, and right guard, they're all guys who had never started a game before up until uh, the season opener against Old Dominion. It's a very young offensive line that has held up very well in pass protection. I will say that. They, they've been good in pass protection, um, which is why Grant Wells – you know, when the when the wide receiver options were healthy, and when when Grant Wells has time, th- this is a this is a pretty fine offense. But I will say, like, if you give anybody any quarterback time in college football that has a decent arm, they're probably pretty fine. So um, that that's how you know Tech operated pretty well against Old Dominion. But a lot of it was ODU does not have the biggest defensive line. It's a um, obviously a little bit less talented group than a Purdue or a Rutgers. Um, and Wells just had a little bit of time and was able to kind of hit his targets here or there. Um, Purdue last week, 
big, big offense or big, big defensive line. Obviously, I'm sure you, you guys are pretty familiar with them. And, um, Tech just couldn't really do anything on the ground, which led to it being a very one-dimensional game. And by the time Wells, you know, got to throwing the ball, Purdue knew exactly what Tech was going to do in, in the passing game. And so my, the biggest challenge for Tech this week is going to be able to re- establish the run, at least marginally, so Rutgers has to defend it because so far Old Dominion didn't really have to defend it. Um, and now, old, but Old Dominion secondary just isn't very good. Um, I'm sure, you know, it, th- this is a problem where Tech's offensive line just isn't very good. Uh, it's a second year. Tech hired a new offensive line coach in the offseason, um, but, but was kind of hampered by the previous offensive line coach not recruiting the transfer portal at all. There's not much talent in that room. It's a, it's a, I want to say poor group. Uh, they just kind of look lost at times. Um, whether that's Tyler Bowen and his the offensive coordinator and his scheme, um, I'm not really sure. Um, but this is an offensive line coach who has kind of put together, you know, kind of poor offensive lines before and, and brought guys together and made it look good. So I, I think there are a lot of systematic problems within this offense. Um, the good news is that they've been okay in pass blocking. Yeah. So and I'm looking at like the, the, the FBS stats. I think Purdue is 11th in the nation in rushing defense. Rutgers currently is a third. So yeah. I do think it's, it's not a, a great opportunity for you guys to try and get your run game situated because uh, Rutgers, while, They've had a pretty good defense this year. They've been elite in the run defense. Um, in terms of your pass catchers, you mentioned Ali Jennings, obviously a transfer portal for, guy from Old Dominion uh, who got injured. You saw Jalen Lane, who was spectacular for you guys, but he also went away with injuries. Who are some of the other top guys that Rutgers fans should be looking out for? Uh, I saw Daquan Wright is graded very highly and has put up good stats as a, t- as a tight end. Um, and you mentioned a few other guys. Who should we be on the lookout for who's likely to play on Saturday? Yeah, well, I would expect until heard otherwise, I would expect Jalen Lane to play. Um, okay. he, I think he just had a little bit of a hamstring thing um, in in the game. I have not heard otherwise. He is even with Ollie Jennings on the field. I think Jalen Lane is Tech's most dynamic receiver. He's a little shifty guy. He plays in the slot, but he can catch and go. Um, he only played a half, and he had five catches for fifty four yards and a touchdown um, against Purdue. Uh, he had a couple of really big plays uh, in the opener against Old Dominion. I really like Jalen Lane. I, he, he's very dynamic. Um, Tech has uh, this guy, Daquan Felton. He's 6'5". Is he uh, from Norfolk State transfer? He, yes. He's yep. a very big target. Uh, Tech has not used him a ton this year. Um, but he does start usually. Um, he did not have a catch against Purdue. He had one, I believe, for 34 yards down the sideline. It was kind of a go route um, against Old Dominion. He can be a weapon, and I'm interested to see what happens if Jennings obviously is unavailable, wh- where Tech goes. Um, I think Felton is, is a big option. Steven Gosnell, um, he, he's uh, – I guess he, you would say he's the one white receiver Tech has. Um, he's – He's a very he's a very sure guy. Um, he's pretty consistent. Um, his brother Benji's a tight end, and he's a redshirt freshman. He's done very well at tight end right now. Um, Daquan Wright's another another good option there at, at tight end. Tech has some pretty good receiving options, which is again a stark comparison to last year, where Tech essentially had one or two tight ends and one consistent wide receiver. 
Um, this year, there are a multitude of guys who can catch the ball from Lane to Steven Gosnell to Benji Gosnell to Daquan Wright. Um, you even go a little bit farther down the list. I'm interested to see some freshmen, um, some redshirt or true freshmen might get a little run that at a wide receiver this week. Um, one guy I'm interested to see, I don't know if he'll play, but number five, Xavier Turner Bradshaw. He's the son of Ahmad Bradshaw. Um, he, uh, he has not played yet this season. He's a redshirt freshman, but he's a very, very shifty guy. Very, very quick. I think if, if Jalen Lane, for some reason, cannot go, I think you'll see him get his first reps of the season. I'm very interested to see what he can do. There's a lot of young guys in that room that are unproven, but that's below a layer of Daquan Felton, Stephen Gosnell, um, a couple of different guys who, who have been there before. Even Dewan Lofton, he's a guy who kind of got buried on the depth chart a little bit. He was Tech's second leading wide receiver last year. He's a guy who I think you'll see a lot of on Saturday. Mod Bradshaw's got to bring good memories to you, Richie, as a Giants fan. Um, it's, it's, the longer you follow these sports, the older you feel, because like it feels like he just stopped playing fantasy football like five years ago, and he's already got a kid <laughs> playing college football. Man. Um, switching over to the defensive side of the ball, you guys are pretty stout defensively. You're, you're close to the top of the, the FBS in sacks. You're pretty good against the pass. Just talk about your defense at a high level, what you guys do well, what you guys struggle with. I think the biggest thing is um, last year Tech really struggled to, to pass rush. And one of the big things is Tech went and got Antoine Powell Ryland from Florida out of the transfer portal. He, he has been fantastic so far this season. Um, he already has four tackles for loss. He had two sacks, I believe, in the season opener. Tech's getting in the backfield more. The biggest problem for Tech right now is Tech has struggled to stop the run, which um, – I know Rutgers has been able to run the ball fairly well um, so far in the first couple of weeks. So that, that's a positive sign for Rutgers. The, Tech did better against Purdue in the run game. Uh, Tech was horrendous against Old Dominion in terms of in terms of stopping the run. But I think a lot of it was because Old Dominion liked to spread everybody out and kind of go four wide receiver set and then just do a little outside zone um, and just trying to draw people out of the box. Um, but I, Tech's DBs are are very solid. My biggest question is Nasir Peoples. He did not play last week. He's a veteran safety. If Peoples for some reason cannot go, which I have no reason to believe he would, considering he did not play last week, um, Tech has essentially Jalen Jones. He's a junior, but he moved over from wide receiver to safety in the offseason. And Mose Phillips, a true freshman, are the next two options there at safety. Uh, Tech can move Monsoor Delane or Derek Canteen, two of the really, really good cornerbacks, over to safety. Um, and, and we saw Tech do that a little bit against Purdue, where um, Tech's trio of cornerbacks, Dorian Strong, Monsoor Delane, and Derek Canteen, are all really stout. That's probably the biggest strength of this defense, is Tech got three really good corners. Um, one of the other things, though, is, is after those three guys – it kind of drops off in experience and you've got a bunch of freshmen that have never really played before. So um, again, the depth a little bit is thin. The starters are really talented defensively um, at, at linebacker techs. Okay. 
my biggest thing is if, if Tech can get after the quarterback um, and, and Antoine Powell Ryland and CJ McRae and Cole Nelson, the three defensive ends, they've done a good job of that so far. Keyshawn Burgos, another defensive end. Um, Tech's been good getting after the quarterback. The real struggles have been in the run game. Um, Brent Pry spoke a lot last week and yesterday about just fitting, you know, getting the run fits down with the linebackers. Tech did a much better job of that against Purdue. I'm interested to see, um, you know, I know this is a this is a Rutgers offense that can be a little hit or miss sometimes. I'm kind of interested to see where Tech decides to come out and, and attack. Yeah, that, that's what I was going to ask you about the rushing defense. Is it more of a like just an interior issue on the defensive line? Is it more like lack of tackling from guys? Is it a linebacker issue? Like, uh, I would say it's 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 been linebackers. The defensive the defensive linemen have been good. Um, mm-hmm. they, they've graded out well. They've um, you know, a defensive tackle, Virginia Tech, essentially has three guys that have been here for four years. Mm-hmm. Um, Norrell Paul or Josh Fuga, Wilfred, uh, Norrell Paul or Josh Fuga, Mario Kendricks are, are the three defensive tackles that have been in the program for four or five years now. Um, they're all they're all veteran guys. Tech's been good up front. It, it's really the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't help when Keonth Jenkins, um, Tech star linebacker, uh, Sam or Whip, if that's what you want to call him, um, he went down with an injury last game. And Caleb Woodson, a true freshman, was thrust into the game. So, again, another position where Tech is very, very thin. Uh, the linebacker is my is my biggest question because um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think the cornerbacks will be pretty solid, even though, you, you know, even though Tech is a little bit young at safety, those guys have played okay in the first couple games. Defensive line has been good, but the linebackers have been a problem against the run. They've just kind of been um, maybe not where they're supposed to be. I guess that's what Brent Prime means when he talks about you know not being in the right fits. Um, Kelly Lawson, he was he's the Tech's will linebacker. He was named AC Player of the Week last week. Um, he had 14 tackles. He played pretty well. Uh, Mike Allen Tisdale is now the starter. Um, he's a guy who's been around since 2018. Um, he's a, he's a really, really old guy. Um, we actually spoke with him yesterday, uh, in yesterday's press conference. He's a very mature guy. Um, tech's kind of mixing and matching with linebackers and still trying to figure out what the best mix is. And mm-hmm. as a result, you're, you're going to end up playing some guys, I think in, in, in some spots, maybe that they're not necessarily 100% comfortable in, um, and there might be a little bit of miscommunication. So, um, you know, when you're rolling out two different Mike linebackers, I guess is the best example, uh, two guys who are communicating maybe a little bit differently, I, I think that might lead to some consistency issues. So Tech's biggest thing against the run has just been the linebackers. Everywhere else has been pretty solid. Um, Purdue... Um, I'm look. I got the. I have the Purdue stats up. Purdue did did, did well through the passing game. Obviously, it's a that's a pretty big passing attack. Um, you know, Hudson Card threw for 250 yards. Um, but but the real killer was Devin Mockaby ran for 100 yards on the ground. Um, and and I think the problem for Tech's defense is that there were just times where. I don't want to say there was a big tackling issue, but times where guys were just a little bit out of position and they should have been there to make a tackle and they weren't. Yeah, I think I think that spells <clears throat> bad news for Virginia Tech because Rutgers is 
legitimately probably five deep at running back this year. Um, yeah. Or the star running back Sam Brown is coming off a, a foot injury, but he got his first run in, in the season last year. Kyle Manunga is the third string back, and he rushed for what 165 yards last week against Temple. Yeah, he seems so, he um, seems like he's pretty good. He is he is very underrated. I think in terms of our fan base, they're starting to really start to love him as the the fan favorite because he just makes he consistently does all the dirty work well. Like there's a there was one of those like you know when, uh, those offensive linemen who are now tape grinders on Twitter are now like putting up look at this. Look at this block here. He had a total decleater uh, in pass protection against Northwestern, their linebacker rider, free mm-hmm. blitzer. He just, <clears throat> perfect form, just throws him right into the air. He, he touched the sky for a second, and he got thrown on his back. Uh, but wow. he consistently makes guys miss on in terms of uh, the first defender. He had this one really nice catch where he catches the ball in the flat, dead to rise. The linebacker has good form mm-hmm. on him. He was able to spin away from that and go for like about 20 yards on a pass. He's just been he's he's just the kind of guy that's really easy to root for, I guess I'll say. Uh, last year, when there was injuries in the running back room, he had like a 160 yard game against uh, Michigan State as well. Um, so the running back room is is probably the, the deepest part of the offense in general uh, for Rutgers. Um, in terms of special teams for you guys, how is your special teams units in terms of kick kickoffs, punt returns? punter, kicker, where would you say your strengths and weaknesses lie on special teams? I think special teams have been pretty good this year. Um, I wouldn't say – I don't know if it's necessarily beamer ball quality, um, you know, as it, yeah, as it used gotta, to be. It's got to be weird not to have elite special teams as a tech fan. Yeah. Not you guys um, aren't, but uh, – Yeah, Kyle Lowe uh, is tech's kickoff specialist. Um, most of his – I don't know if he had a single kick last week that didn't go for a touchback. Um, he, he's, he's pretty good in that area. Tex kicker, John Love, um, has been pretty solid so far this season. I believe perfect on extra points and field goals. Tex punter, Peter Moore, or an AC player of the week. He, he's a very good punter. So, so kicking wise, Tech's been pretty good. Um, my biggest question is that punt return. Tech has two guys, Jalen Lane and then Tucker Holloway. Uh, he's one of the other wide receivers who I guess I just completely forgot to mention. Um, he, he's a guy who we have not seen get a ton of run at wide receiver. I'm interested to see if that happens. But he was a really, really solid punt returner in, in a couple weeks span for Virginia Tech last year when he was kind of just thrust into that role as a true freshman, and he housed one against Georgia Tech. Um, he had more punt return yards in that game than any other Virginia Tech player in a single game in history. Um, and that was him as a true freshman. Wow. He and Jalen Lane, who came from Middle, Middle Tennessee State and had a fantastic career as a punt returner, they've been splitting time there. I'm interested to see if Tech just picks one to go with because last week there were some miscommunication issues where there was one punt, one or two punts where Tech put out both Lane and Holloway back deep to return. Jeez. And there was one punt where they both just stared at the ball and there was no communication as the ball bounced in between the two of them and probably rolled another about 15, 20 oh. yards. So that's something you can't have, and that's something I'm sure Tech will try to clean up this week. Otherwise, Tech's been good, at, good pretty pretty solid at special teams. Bashal Tootin, one of the running backs, um, and, and Malachi Thomas, I guess, the other running back, they're, they've been returning kickoffs, and they've been pretty solid in that regard. So – no, nothing about special teams stands out to me outside of the uh, outside of the punt returns, which I think is the biggest question. Um, but Tucker Holloway has shown Tucker Holloway and Jalen Lane have both shown in the past that they can 
do some damage, you know, when I guess there's not communication issues. Yeah, I wanted to t- talk a little bit about Bichol. I know we kind of like we just glanced over him because I want to talk about him because he's a Jersey guy and he's a preferred yeah. walk or was a preferred walk on, I should say. Yeah, well, he he transferred in this year from North Carolina A and T, so he oh, okay. spent a couple gotcha. years. He spent a couple years at the FCS level and was really mm-hmm. dominant, and then uh, and that and then he transferred to Virginia Tech. Gotcha. What just kind of tell me about what stands out about him as a running back? I know um, he's not. He wasn't the most highly recruited out of high school, obviously. Yeah. Well, first of all, let me figure out. I, I'm trying to remember where he where exactly he's from in Jersey. Um, it's uh, Paulsboro, just yeah. South Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. He's uh he's. First of all, he's an awesome guy. Um, having an opportunity to, ch- to chat with him, he's a very down to earth guy. Mm-hmm. Um, very quiet, but five eleven, two hundred five. He's kind of built like a tank. Um, he, he's very short, but he he's he makes guys miss. He had he forced ten missed tackles in that opener against Old Dominion. When he has a hole, when he has an opportunity, he'll take advantage of it. The problem is Tech's offensive line has been so bad that he has not been able to take advantage of it. But he's been he's been good out of the pass game too. Uh, he had a thirty yard touchdown reception against Purdue, a little swing pass out of the backfield that he, that he uh, beat a couple defenders and, and took to the house. So he's a guy who um, has really been, been really strong for Virginia Tech out of the backfield. If Tech could run the ball better, he'd be even more effective. Um, a lot of that is on the offensive line because Tootin is a very strong back and he's healthy. Malachi Thomas is Tech's second back. Um, he's been good. This is his – He's a redshirt sophomore. This is his third season in Blacksburg. He's in. Yeah, that's a pretty solid one-two punch Virginia Tech has there. The the real problem has been the offensive line. The fact that there are no openings, there are no holes, and, and this is where I circle back to the Kyron Drones Grant Wells discussion. Um, I, I would I think Kyron Drones. It's hard because Virginia Tech fans have not had the opportunity to see what Kyron Drones can do simply because. He has barely played in, against Old Dominion and Purdue, but but we've seen the athleticism that he has, at least in, in bursts, and I think he could potentially be the quarterback moving forward simply because he has a more ability in the run game, and he will make teams defend the run. Now, the problem is you can't, you know, you've got two good running backs, and if you've got a quarterback that can run, well, you can't just run the ball every single time. You have to be able to do both. And I think that that is the biggest question I have going into this game is can, can Virginia Tech find some sort of consistent balance between running and passing the ball that, that works? And it hasn't worked so far in the first two weeks of the season. Um, there's nothing that leads me to believe that it will work against Rutgers, which is why I'm, I'm a little pessimistic. Um, but to your question about the two running backs, yeah, Bayshall – he he's very very talented, um, and I'm I, I I like how Virginia Tech uses him and Malachi Thomas in the pass game because they're two shifty guys that will, that will really make guys miss and and Tootin put that on display against Purdue. Yeah, like I said, I'm just trying to find connections between the two teams, and it's like the <laughs> the lone one between that and apparently Pat Flaherty and Ron Cook, but Crook 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 coached David Deal. Crook had him in college, mm. and <clears throat> Pat Flaherty had him in uh, NFL. That's what only about Tyreek Powell, the uh, oh, linebacker. Yeah, you're right. Uh, you're right. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, he was committed to Virginia Tech until Greg Schiano showed up with a helicopter out of school. <laughs> yeah. 
And he's been an absolute nice stud, place. not to rub anything in, but he's arguably, you know, he's one of our top players on the team in general. Yeah. He's, mm-hmm. he's basically a prototypical NFL linebacker in terms of size. He's starting to now finally put that production on the field. Uh, but our linebacker, uh, yeah, Tyreek Powell has been a, a, a revelation this, this past two seasons for sure. Yeah, I can. So you said that you were a little pessimistic heading this game. Las Vegas seems to agree with you. This line opened up at around minus three, minus three and a half. Uh, Rutgers favored. It quickly jumped on, I want to say Tuesday. We were recording the pod and it was at minus four and a half. And then by the time we finished the pod, it was already at minus six and a half. So I don't know if that's injury news that's kind of leaking out. Usually QB changes will make that jump. Um, Warren Sharp usually says the, the two main things that usually make a line move are either quarterback injuries or cluster injuries. So a lot of injuries at the same position. I think you guys are dealing with both of those. So that might explain why the line has moved. Let's get into predictions. Um, so you're the guest. We'll give you the first crack at predictions. How do you see this game going? Let's get a let's get a score prediction for you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be kind of it's going to be a rock fight. I, I I don't think I don't think it's going to be a pretty football game. Now it'll be prettier than the Russell Athletic Bowl, but that's a low bar. <laughs> well, um, we got our fingers crossed because I don't think anybody wants to see that replayed. No. Yeah, I I, I just I, I think Rutgers will have success on the ground, and I think that's going to be the defining factor. Um, uh, I I I I'm very interested to see how Rutgers aerial attack does because Virginia tech has been pretty good in that regard, but I don't think it'll really matter if Rutgers can run the ball consistently, which Rutgers has and tech has not been able to defend it well consistently. Uh, I think that'll be the defining point in the game. I think defensively, I think, I think, I think the Scarlet Knights are going to be really tough, mostly because Virginia tech has, not been able to figure out the run game. I mean, this kind of seems to me like a strength on weakness kind of, kind of game where, um, you know, I I think tech will hang around. I I know. I don't think it's going to be a blowout by any means, but I I do think it'll, uh, I think it'll kind of come. I think it'll be closer than people think for a little bit of the game, but I I do think Rutgers will pull away. I, I will say, uh, I will say Rutgers twenty three ten. Yeah, no, I, I'll go next. I, I I agree that it's not going to look good. I mean, every game Rutgers has played this year so far has been like a weirdly low scoring to start, and then you kind of break away late, like basically erosion of wearing the other team down. I think it'll be the same this week. Uh, I, Rutgers has had such a a anytime you hear. Backup quarterbacks can be starting and they're mobile. All Rutgers fans internally will die a little because <laughs> we've had so much bad luck over the years against backup quarterbacks and also against mobile quarterbacks. But I do think that Rutgers matches up very well with Virginia Tech, like you alluded to. I don't see this as a game that's going to have a ton of scoring. Like it, I don't see the over getting smashed, but I do think I think Rutgers will win. Uh, I, damn, I love your guess too, so I can't make that exact guess. I'll go twenty fourth. <laughs> I'll go 24-13. Rutgers wins. Damn, dude. Almost took my prediction. <laughs> um, yeah, let's, let's talk about how Russell Athletic was a sponsor. Where the hell did I... Oh, are they even around anymore? Uh, probably I not. That's like Russell Athletic, like of all brands. Like That's remember, the one that got the bowl game. 
Remember when they were like the the only team that was sponsored by them as an apparel deal? I think it was Boston College for a while. Yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Nice, right? Yeah. Yeah like that that game know. that game featured uh, seventy yards of rushing that's, total. Gosh. Um, yeah, that's, and, that's not repeat that. No, yeah. 13-10 in overtime. Just just yeah, a really overtime. bad just a bad game. God. Yeah, not a not a good one. But a- anyway, um I don't I don't know. This game's gonna be weird. I think Rutgers has the better defense. I think Rutgers might have the better offense too at this point. Um I do think Virginia Tech's defense is gonna give them their best test of the year because Northwestern and Temple just flat out stink. Um there's no question about it. And Rutgers took advantage of that and ran the ball up the gut. Uh, for 160 yards with one player last week. And then week before, I think someone was close to uh, – or they had 150 total between two guys, um, something like that. But either way, I, th- I think they're going to just stick to the game plan. They're going to try to control the tempo. And they're probably going to win this game, I would say, probably – I want to say 24-10. Um, I wanted to say 24-13, but you took my pick. Um, and I, I do quicker. think I, – I was looking at their kicker, and their kicker is actually pretty solid. I know he's only been mm-hmm. playing for two years, it looks like, but the only one he missed was like a fifty plus yarder. Yeah. So he's good. Yeah. So I, I would say that I would say twenty four ten is probably the most likely scenario and everyone's gonna get really hyped because Rutgers only gave up one touchdown again. Yep. All right, David, thank you so much for joining us. Uh tell us where we can find your work and where you can find you on social media. Yeah, I'm on I am on social media at uh at the real DCUNA on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and, uh, you can follow us at techsideline.com. Uh, we're on social media at tech sideline. Um, I'm one of four full-time guys that we put out Virginia tech stuff every week. Um, I will be in Piscataway with, uh, Andy Bitter, our senior staff writer. Um, we'll be up there. We'll have a full crew of people. I'm really excited, uh, to, to, to make the trek up. I think it's going to be a fun environment, assuming the weather holds off from this hurricane. It, is it looks like it's going to, yeah. from what I've seen, thankfully. Yeah. Um, I, I, after last week, I can, I can deal without rain for, <laughs> for a little bit longer. Um, but no, yeah. TechSideline.com. Um, again, you know, we're recording this at, at nine in the morning on, on Wednesday. Um, later this afternoon, we'll have, football coverage from practice and we'll find out more on what Virginia tech guys are playing and what aren't. And I'm very interested to see what happens um, on Saturday. I think it'll be kind of a, a stalemate. Um, I don't know if anybody ever would have thought going back to the big East days that Rutgers would, we'd all be picking Rutgers to win by 10 to 13 points against Virginia tech. But here we are, man. I was listening to your guys' pod. Uh, you guys do a great job, by the way. If, you, if Rutgers fans want to get more intel on Virginia Tech in general, Tech Sidelines podcast is a great listen. I'm sure you guys will have a couple podcasts out this week. Um, yeah. You guys are going over the history, and Rutgers has not been a favorite in this series since 1992. So I think 14 straight games, Rutgers has been an underdog. Um, and it sounds like you guys have a pretty big group coming up to, to Piscataway as well. Um like almost 500 people coming up as a as a as a contingent if i remember remembering correctly yeah well, yeah um there'll i mean there'll be tech tech fans will travel well there'll, there'll be a bunch of tech fans up there um specifically our our media group there'll be four of us um and then tech there'll be a bunch of tech student media that'll travel too so they'll be up there so it'll be it'll be a good group um 
I'm just, I, I've never been to Rutgers. Um, I will probably be back in December because Virginia Tech women's basketball plays uh, at Rutgers in December. Um, so I'll, I, it, 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 what, that's what Jersey Mike's arena now. Yep. Big switch up. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll probably, I'll probably be back in December, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think it'll be, I think it'll be a, a, a fun Saturday. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm kind of excited to, and interested to see where it goes because um, I know this is kind of like a – this is a big game for Rockers as far as, like, you win this and oh, you're yeah. 3-0. Um, you know, if you're Virginia Tech, this is one where you need so a game like the Hokies, Hokies need. So this is kind of big time – I don't want to say big time stakes, but these are kind of big time stakes for both teams in terms of, like, yep. their mentalities moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Rockers – has a very narrow uh, path to a bowl this year. Just, you know, you're playing Iowa on the road, uh, Wisconsin on the road, and you're playing Penn State, Michigan, uh, Ohio State. It's That's five-year games right there. So not uh, not many winnable games on the schedule, um, or at least, you know, when you're looking at it at the start of the season, and this is definitely one of them. So, uh, and it, it's just as big as a game for Virginia Tech. It's kind of like a where are we at as a program right now in year two under Brent Pry. So, both teams that have a lot of incentive to win. And uh, I don't know what your guys' path to a bowl game looks like this year, but I'm sure this is an important game in that path. Yeah. Well, so Tech has Marshall next week on the road. Um, Marshall's no pushover. I mean, this is a team yep. that won nine or 10 games last year. And um, th- this is a game, Tech schedule. This is not I, – I don't want to say tech schedule is the most difficult, but after Marshall's pit, then a trip down to Florida State, uh, this is not necessarily going to be a super easy schedule. If if Virginia Tech wants any chance of making a bowl game, you gotta got to get a win in the non-conference, and it starts this week. And um, So I think I think this this game, as far as Virginia Tech fans are concerned, um, to put it in, in perspective for Rutgers – this is a game Virginia Tech probably needs to win to go to a bowl game this year. And you lose this, um, you know, Tech, Tech has Wake Forest and Syracuse and, and Boston College and Virginia later this year, but but those aren't necessarily guaranteed wins either. Uh, those are games, you know, Boston College and Virginia Tech are, are – Boston College and Virginia are games that Doki should win, but you've you got to take care of business when you have the opportunity. And um, And I'm very interested to see how it plays out. Is uh, Boston College home or away for Virginia Tech? Boston College is on the road, which okay, no, you know, nobody ever plays well up in Chestnut Hill. So, it's so again, they cheat. They use the headsets. You saw that? Holy Cross, no, Holy Cross head coach came out yesterday in his press conference, and he said he's like, yeah, you know, Lightning Storm. Our headsets didn't work for the first two quarters for some reason, and theirs did, and it's like weird. And I'm just like, a bunch of wow. cheaters. Just saying, they wow. can't cheat versus Holy Cross. So, I mean, I think you guys will be fine. It barely beats Holy Cross too. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, they're they're not they're not good. The problem is every time Virginia Tech goes up there, Tech does not play well. But yeah, again, seems like it's a pretty big uh, pretty big week for both Virginia Tech and Rutgers. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, David, really appreciate your time. Uh, we kind of hit the, the the high end of where we told you we would be today. Uh, sure. But everybody else, thank you for listening once again. This has been another edition of the Mega Report Podcast. So- <laughs>
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.